I'd like for you to open your Bibles this morning uh, to the book of 2 Corinthians, and we're going to look at uh, verses 7 and 8 once again as we looked last week. Uh, we're talking about how to connect with the presence of God and how that the glory of God cannot be an esoteric term, but how that the glory of God and the presence of God can be real in our lives, it can be real in our church, and even it can be real in our nation. I'm believing for a great awakening in this nation. How about you? Where righteousness begins to rule and reign real strong in the USA. But in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 3 and verse 7 and 8, it says, Now if the dispensation of death engraved in letters and stone, the ministration of the law was inaugurated with such glory and splendor that the Israelites were not able to look steadily at the face of Moses because of its brilliance, a glory that was to fade and to pass away. Verse 8. Why should not the dispensation of the Spirit, this spiritual ministry whose task it is to cause men to obtain and be governed by the Holy Spirit, be attended with much greater and more splendid glory? The NLT of that verse says, shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way? Now that the Holy Spirit is giving life. So when we talk about glory, we're talking about presence. One way that we can tap into and to connect with his presence is to acknowledge him every day of our lives. Recently, I was listening to a teaching by a man of God who is mightily used of God, has a huge ministry in Moscow, and uh, he suffered what you would call spiritual burnout. And he would catch himself going here and going there, not really checking in with the Lord on where to go and what to do and how to do certain things. And he got to a point where he had to call five of or six of his elders together so that they could minister to him and so that he could really take spiritual inventory of his life and to look and see what was causing burnout in his life. Now, we know that burnout is not the will of God. We know that burning on is the will of God. But if we are not careful, we can become very charred at the edges, if you will, and kind of be going through the motions in life, doing things that we... Uh, not necessarily should be doing, maybe going places that are good things to do and not necessarily God things to do. And so one of the things that he did is he sat out for about six months and he got from the Lord about six things that he should do every day. One of the things that the Lord led him to do every day was to acknowledge his presence. In Psalms 119, Verse 164, the psalmist said, seven times a day do I praise you because of thy righteous judgments. So he had his son put in his iPhone at seven different points during the day, wherever he was, whether he was eating, whether he was fellowshipping with some friends, when that gong would go off, he would immediately lift up his hands and say, Lord, I love you. And I acknowledge your presence in my life. That's a beautiful reminder that the Lord is present in our lives. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. But what I am saying is this. I believe that we can become more spirit conscious 
than we've been. We can be more presence of God minded than we've been. Amen? The acknowledgement of his presence is a major key to him saturating and filling your life with his goodness to the degree that you live a life that is far above all of the things that would try to drag us down. Amen? Now, there's another word acknowledged that I want to camp on today. You ready to camp on a verse or two? I want you to turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. And notice with me in verse 5. Proverbs chapter 3 in verse 5. Everybody comfortable? You comfortable? Okay, good. Just want to make sure. Proverbs chapter 3, notice with me in the first part of the verse, verse 5. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. (laughs) Trust in the Lord with all your heart. We believe God with our heart and not with our head. We are not a head. We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. And with our heart, we contact the Father of hearts, who is God Almighty. And so when God initiates us and instructs us to trust Him, He says, sons, daughters, believe me and trust me with all of your heart. And then He differentiates between the heart and the head Because in the rest of the verse, he says, and lean not to what? Lean not to what you think. Lean not to your intellect. The mere fact that he told us not to lean to our own understanding tells me very clearly that it is our tendency to do so. I've done it. You've done it. And we've all done it. But if we want to get the kind of results that God wants us to have in life, we must learn to live, believe, and act out of our heart. Say it with me. I trust in the Lord Lord. with all my heart. heart. And I refuse refuse to to lean to my own understanding. Now, of course, we're to use our heads. Of course, we're to use our brains and we're to use our minds. But we are not to use them at the expense of overriding our believer on the inside. Now, notice with me in verse 6. Verse 6. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Don't think for one moment that we are just to acknowledge him in the tough areas of life. But he says we are to acknowledge him in all of our ways. He is concerned about you. He wants us so much to get him involved in all of our ways That he said, if we would do that, I'll direct your paths. 
Now let's take a look at this word acknowledge. The word acknowledge simply means this. It simply means acknowledge that he is there. Not only is he there, but he's here. Acknowledge that he is here. And acknowledge that he knows a whole lot more than you do. Acknowledge the fact that he said he would direct our paths if we will get him involved in the process. Don't wait till the decision's been made to invite him into the process. Don't exclude him. Include him. Get him involved at the very beginning of a decision. And it's simply easy to do. It's simply saying, Lord, I thank you that you live in me. And Lord, I thank you that you know what's best for my life. You know whether I should do this or whether I shouldn't do it. You know whether I should marry this person or whether I shouldn't marry that person. You know whether I should move or not move. You know whether I should have the surgery or not have the surgery. You know. That's acknowledging him. And then you invite him into the decision. You just simply talk to him like you talk to a friend. You say, okay, Lord, now I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you, and I'm asking you, which way do I go? And then when you've done that, don't be in such a hurry. Be patient. Mm -hmm. Take time to wait until you know. Oh, but Pastor Mark, I have a deadline. (laughs) The Bible does not say, for as many as are led by deadlines, they are the sons of God. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. But now notice this once again. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You see, now when we're doing this, that is staying connected with him. That is an invitation of his presence. It's what John says. Look at John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5. We're going to look at the amplified version. He says, dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in and being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. We do not want to be fruitless. We want to be fruitful. And in order to be fruitful, we must maintain the union. We must maintain the connection by dwelling in Him. Verse 5, read it with me. Are you ready? Read. Go ahead. Have you found that out? If there's no vital union with Him, how much can we do? Nothing times nothing equals nothing. Nada. Nothing. But on the other hand, if we do maintain this vital union, we can be producing fruit in our lives daily 
weekly, monthly, yearly, and our path can get brighter and brighter and better and better. God is not tangling up verses before us in front of us today saying, look, this is something, if you do it, it might work. He said, if you do this, it will work. Hallelujah. So, how many abiders do we have in him? How many livers in the truth do we have in him today? If we really do this, will we end up in a good place? Yeah, you will. You'll wind up in Healingville. (laughs) You'll not wind up in Prosperity Town. You'll end up in Victory City. Because he is leading you and guiding you. He will not lead you down a wrong path. He will not guide you into destruction. He will lead and guide you right out of destruction into a place of safety. He will not lead you and guide you to do things that would be detrimental to your health. He will not lead you and guide you into things that would be detrimental to your financial picture. Oh, when he leads... And when he guides, oh, it is so good. Say it with me, it's so good. When he leads and when he guides. Now go over to Romans chapter 8. Romans the 8th chapter. How many of you are believing with me this morning? Utterance is often determined by two things. Number one, the anointing in and upon the person speaking, but also the expectation of the people listening. So, Father, we ask for your help to minister to these, your precious sheep, in Jesus' name. Now, in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 and 15, he distinguishes between a couple of things. Just like he distinguished between heart and head, he's distinguishing between being led by faith and by the Spirit, or led by fear. In Romans 8, 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God, daughters of God, can and should expect to be led by the Spirit of God. In verse 15, he says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But here's what you have received. You have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry out, Daddy, Daddy. That's what Abba, Father means. That means Daddy, Daddy. This Holy Spirit that lives in you liberates you, frees you, and sets you on a right course and keeps you on a right course. But the spirit of fear also will try to intrude into your life and try to lead you through fear. Fear Fear-based leadings come from the spirit of fear and produce fear-based results. And if you yield to fear, and if I yield to fear, we will always end up in the wrong place. Somebody say amen. 
Being led by him liberates me. Being led by fear constricts me. Which would you rather be? Liberated or constricted? Freed up or bound up? You can be led by fear. But God's not given you a spirit of fear. But a power. And love. And what kind of mind? What, what kind of mind have we got? Sound. What kind of mind? Sound. A sound mind's a good thing. An unsound mind's a bad thing. An unsound mind is a mind that wavers and that is wishy-washy. An unsound mind is a mind and a person that cannot make a decision. Amen. But God didn't give us that. He didn't give you a spirit of fear, power, and love, and a sound mind. When the Spirit of the Lord comes into your life, He is there to bring liberty, and He is there to cause the limits of the flesh, the limits of the world, and the limitations under the law of sin and death to be placed under your feet. And for you to come into a wide open space. Listen, friend, when the Spirit of God is leading you and guiding you, He brings you right out of confusion into glorious light. I'm telling you, He'll lead you right out of sickness into health. He'll lead you right out of debt into freedom. Come on, somebody. He'll lead you out of a marriage hell into marriage bliss. He'll lead us out of fruitlessness into fruitfulness. The Spirit of the Lord is saying, get me involved in every decision of life. Get me involved ahead of time and I will warn you and I will caution you about what not to do. For there have been many decisions made apart from being vitally united to me. As you look to me, I'll show you what relationships to be in and what relationships not to be in. I will lead you and guide you what to invest in and what not to invest in. Yea, open your heart to me. And as you do, you will be brought into a free place of glory and liberty. Amen. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying. I'm sure of one thing. There are things that if I had to do it over again, lots of things in my life, I would never do again. Can you say amen? Not amen to me, but amen to you. One decision that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know was right was marrying Brenda Raylene Edwards. Yeah. But the enemy would have you look back and look in the past and say, oh, if I hadn't done this, I hadn't done that. The past is gone. And the past should be forgotten 
And the past should be let go. And in letting go of the past, you position yourself for a new day. A new day. A new hour. It's time now for some of you. This is the Spirit of God speaking to you today. It's time now for some of you to get back in the flow. You've been too hard on yourself. You've been too difficult on yourself. Yay, rise up. Dust yourself off. Come on. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. Woo, glory to God. It's a year of presence. It's a year of greater glory. Yes. 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 Yes and amen, yes. Amen. Now here's the condition. Here's, there's conditions on this. The condition is this. We must follow, identify His leadings. Amen. And follow His presence. Amen. Look with me at Exodus chapter 33. Exodus the 33rd chapter. This is really important, ladies and gentlemen. I have made this determination in my heart. What he is not on and what he is not in, I am not on and I am not in. No matter if he was on it and in it for years, if the wind changes direction, I'm going with him. You see, we make a mistake sometimes, and I say all of us, we make a mistake sometimes doing things the way we've done them for years. And we were right in doing that because the Lord was in it. But how many of you know that there's changes sometimes that take place? And change for the children of God is inevitable. Not change just for change's sake, but change for glory's sake. Because you and I are being changed. We are going from one degree of glory to the next. But when it comes to to making changes, we don't just make changes because someone thinks we should. We don't make changes just because it's the latest thing to be doing. No, we make changes based on this inward leading by the Holy Spirit. Now listen carefully. Because you're so used to, and we get so used to, doing the same things over and over and over again, which for a season was right, you need to be spirit conscious to know when that spirit, or when that season ends and a new one begins. Am I talking to anybody today? No. It's easy to override that. Because in life, we get extremely busy. And we get into the busy lane. And like I said a week ago, we need to sometimes step out of the traffic. And park and wait on Him until we know exactly what He's doing and exactly what He's saying. 
Exodus chapter 33. Now, uh, the setting of this is God had spoken to Moses to go to Pharaoh. And he says, I want you to say to Pharaoh, you let my people go. And Pharaoh tried to talk God out of it. How many of you have ever tried to talk God out of something? I mean, you knew that you knew that he was leading. It's been confirmed by two or three people. And you just knew it in your heart. And yet, still trying to talk him out of it. Oh, Lord, use somebody else. And the Lord says, you're the someone else. Amen. Lord, raise somebody else up. I've raised you up. Amen. And so, Moses is a little nervous about it. And he says, okay. Lord, uh, when I come to Pharaoh, what should I say? Who should I say sent me? And Jehovah says, you tell him, I am. You tell him, I am, that I am has sent you. He says, okay. You know what? He still am today. Amen. He's not the great I will be or the great I was. He is the great I am. Amen. He am the Lord that healeth thee. He am the Lord. Come on, somebody. Get with me. He am the Lord, <laughs> he am the Lord that meets your needs. But now let's stay with this message. Exodus chapter 3. 33, excuse me. And notice with me the verse. In verse 14, and he said now, don't worry about it. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Have you noticed that there's something about when his presence is in something and on something, there's also rest? He says, I'll give you rest. And then in verse 15, here's Moses' response. He said, if your presence doesn't go with me, Carry us not up hence. Now, here's the Jubilee uh, translation of this. This is, doesn't come from San Jose. It's just a translation. He said this. If your presence is not to go before us, do not bring us out of here. What he's saying is this. God, if you're not going to go before me, if you're not leading me, I'm not going. And you know, that's a good principle to live by. If the Lord isn't before us on things in our lives, we should not be following. Because what happens is we get out ahead of the Lord and then we look back to see where he is. And he's way back there somewhere waving saying, hey. Now, I like this one. Another translation says, Moses said, If your presence doesn't take the lead here, call this trip off right now. Call it off. 
Well, the invitations to the marriage, the wedding have already been sent out. Now, I'm not saying that prophetically, but that's a good example. Better you lose the money on the preparations for the wedding than to go into a marriage and have 35 years of hell or three months of hell. Come on, somebody. I know that the preacher is preaching pretty good now. Hey, just, 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 just call the trip off right now. Well, we, we were going to move and the pay was going to be better over in that city. We got our boxes all ready and the movers are coming. But on the inside of me, I just know it's not right. Better to know it's not right and to change, even though it's late in the game, than to load those boxes up and go to another city where you know that God's not leading you. What other examples could we use here? It's the truth. You know what? Just call this trip off right now. You're not in it, Lord? I don't want anything to do with it. Has there ever been a time in your life where you had to call the trip off? I can remember years ago, we had to call a trip off. We were in Paris and scheduled to be speaking in two Bible schools, one in Paris and one in Rome, or near Rome. And something came up, and we had to leave there after being in Paris for 24 hours and go home. Never taught in Paris. Never taught in Rome. I wonder if Pastor Mark had been a little bit more spirit conscious, if he couldn't have saved some money by not getting on the jet at all. Now, I say that because I want you to know that I've experienced some of the things I'm talking to you about. And by God's grace, we don't have to live in regret, but we don't have to make the same mistakes. You know, I'd rather learn from someone else's mistakes than learn from my own. (laughs) How about you? (laughs) And Brenda's down here on the front row giving me a word, and that is don't repeat it. Yeah. Learn from your own mistakes. Man, we got to camp here for a minute. Just, just flat call the trip off. Yet on the other hand, God gives you an unction. He gives you an anointing. He leads you and guides you. To make the change, to go here, to marry that person, to do this, you've got to prepare yourself and get ready to do it before, Satan, before the enemy talks you out of it. Come on now. 
There are trips <laughs> that he'll have you take in life that don't make any sense to your head. But when he's leading, come on now. When he's guiding, oh, my brother and sister, whoo, glory to God. It's a good thing. It's a God thing. It's a wonderful thing. We sit in a building today that God led us to purchase. If we would have gone and leaned toward our head, we never would have done it. And you know what? We never would have been here today. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? Say that again real strong. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In other words, whatever His presence is on, I'm on it. The presence of God gets on you to give somebody five dollars get on it because if you don't get on it right away you'll hear these little things well you were going to go to mcdonald's after church (laughs) if you be willing and obedient you'll eat the good of the land how many of you give me just a little bit more time today i'll tell you right now i've been speaking 31 minutes and 33 seconds 34, 35, 36. And there's more. There's more. How many of you want more? I mean, we can, we can go home right now if you want to. But how many of you want some more? You ever been to a, a real nice restaurant and the hors d'oeuvres were awesome? You better not start talking about food again. Because I'll lose you. But you looked and you said, what else? Is more on its way? All right. Now here's, here's the first step in this. And we just basically have time to introduce this this morning. Here's the first step in this. Make a commitment in your heart. In your heart. You are going to be spirit led. You are going to be presence led say this with me i'm going to follow your presence and your glorious leadings make up your mind right now at 12:17 p.m. the past is gone it must be forgotten but from this moment forward i am going to be spirit led Did you know that there's a huge number of Christians that are not? And that's not to be judgmental. But teaching on how to be led by the Spirit of God really wasn't induced into the body of Christ till the 1970s. Up till that time, people were led by fleeces. What do you mean, led by fleeces? What is a fleece? Well, here's an example of a fleece. Lord, if you want me to do it, open that door. Or, the other side, Lord, if you don't want me to do it, close that door. Now, that was okay under the old covenant because the Spirit of God wasn't in them. Now, you and I have the Spirit of God in us. And what's wrong with that is this. Is if we're praying, Lord, do this 
if that door opens, Lord, don't do, do this if that door closes, what we're doing then is we're being led externally and not internally. External leadings, the problem with external leadings is this, is the enemy can get involved in some of those things. I mean, let's be honest about it. You can come to a place in life where you need to make a decision and everything in the natural points to doing it. It's like looking in a window and you see inside that building. Big, huge place. A lot of people in there. Everyone's waving. Come on in. There's music playing. Everything is right out here. But in here, it's not right. I encourage you to live here. Live here. Live by the internal leadings of the Spirit. Now listen very carefully. Many are head-led. The Bible doesn't say for as many as are led by their head, they're the sons of God. Many people are emotion-led. Others are feelings-led. Feeling. Nothing more than feeling. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Nothing more than feeling. Are your emotions real? Do we have them? We do. Are your feelings real? Absolutely, they're real. And emotions and feelings can be powerful. But... It doesn't make them God. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, I just feel so strong. Yeah, but you can be so wrong. I got a feeling everything gonna be all right. Led by feelings is not being led by the Spirit of God. Being led by reasoning or statistics or what's rational or what's logical. Being led by logic is not being led by the Spirit of God. Many a time I had to throw the stupid calculator away. Numbers would start fooling with me in the middle of the night. <laughs> Instead of hearing from God, I'd see all these numbers. Were any of them 666, Pastor? No, no, no. no. <laughs> numbers. We are not living in Las Vegas. We are not rolling the dice. <laughs> Amen? 
Now, right. let me instruct you in this, if I may. Amen. It's all right to look and to use your head and to know what you're dealing with. Come on. Well, I'm just led by the Spirit. I'm going to walk out in the street. You better open your eyes, fool. <laughs> Is that right? Look at this fool here. <laughs> oh, it's fun to be in church. Thank you, Lord. It's all right to know what you're dealing with. It's all right to know this and to know that. But at the end of the day, and really at the beginning of the day, you've got to go by what you have in here. What is your heart saying to you? What do you have on the inside? I like John Osteen. He's uh, Joel Osteen's daddy. And John Osteen, when he would teach along some of these lines, he would say phrases like this. He said, what signals... Are you picking up on the inside of you? That's just another way of saying, what do you have here? What do you got in your heart? Discipline yourself to be led. How many of you know that Jesus Christ was never head led? There are a lot of things that will try to lead us. Man's opinions. If I, as a pastor, was led by people's opinions, we'd be doing all sorts of stuff we shouldn't be doing. And it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with the person stating their opinion. But what's wrong is being fear of man led. And yielding to their opinions and doing what they want done because if you don't do what they want done, you might lose them. That's not being led by the Spirit of God. That's being led by the fear of man. Well, can you give me an illustration? No. But there's a lot of things that will try to lead you. There's a lot of voices out there. There's a lot of influences out there. How many of you know that the enemy is a pusher? And I'm coming down to the end of this message just by a few more statements. To do this, we've got to be disciplined. We've got to be strong. And learn to wait until we know. Now I'm going to read this. Listen to this. At every juncture, any time... Where you and I are to make a decision, where we are to choose a path or a response, at every juncture, learn how to look inside, acknowledge Him. In the midst of all of those influences, and be only Spirit-led. Be only Spirit-led. Many voices. I hear in my spirit these, this phrase, many voices 
bring many choices. But just as Mary chose the good part, so you choose the good part. Seat yourself at my feet and listen to my word and listen to me as you do. You'll get on the right path and your life will be ever, ever so good. Let's all stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you now for your word today. Glory to God. Just lift your hands up and just thank him for his word.